0: Uh, Thank you for joining in with us today um, in this unique and trying time that we are uh, a part of uh, this morning and what we're all dealing with in our lives today. So we're going to start this morning, if you would. Some of you may have already done this, but we're going to do this. I'm going to ask if everyone would join and let's pray together wherever you are right now um, here with this brothers and sisters in the Lord here in this room. We're going to pray together. And wherever you are, whether you're at home today or whether you're joining in with a small group, we're going to pray together. We need God. We always need God, but we need God at this period of time. You need God. You, we, can, we, we, we can live in fear. We can live in, in, and we can let the circumstances that are around us cause us to live in fear. But we have a God that is bigger than anything. We have a God that's bigger than anything we're involved in. And we need Him right now. So if you would join with me this morning, we're going to pray. Father, we come to You today. Thank You, Lord, for everyone that is watching this morning. Thank You for everyone that is joined with us. No matter where they are, God, You see every person that is watching today. You see every person in this room. You see every person in every home that's joined with us. Every person that is wherever they are, God. I speak now in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of fear. I bind every spirit of worry. Abide every tormenting spirit that's warring in the hearts and minds of your people. I speak a covering of your blood over them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we trust in you. We look to you right now in Jesus' name. We cast down every fear. We cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. In the name of Jesus, we speak it right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we speak your blood and your covering over every child of God. In Jesus' name, we speak your blood and your covering over them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, name. praise God, praise God, praise God. This is quite unique. And an amazing opportunity here for those of you that are here in this room, those of you that are watching this morning. This is quite unique because, again, uh, technology allows us to be able to do some things we wouldn't normally be able to do, uh, to be able to not only be with those that are in this room today, but also to be with you wherever you are. And um, what a great opportunity to do this um, in this current climate we're living in i understand for a lot of us our lives have been affected in a lot of different ways um with our jobs just going out and shopping i hope all of you have your toilet paper uh because (laughs) there's very few left uh but we will survive if we've got toilet paper um but i'm um we're just dealing with this right now um and all of us are affected in one way or the other um but you know what's uh, I, I heard someone say this the other day, and I've said it several times now. We walk by faith and, we'll, and not by sight, but we don't walk with our eyes closed. Right? Uh We were talking earlier this morning. Uh, Brant and I were talking this morning and he made the statement. It was, and it was, he said it wasn't original with him, but I think it was a great point. When you get in your car, you still put your seatbelt on. Doesn't mean putting your seatbelt on doesn't mean you don't trust God. And neither do you drive down the uh, wrong side of the highway and just speak it in tongues, expecting not to get hit. You still obey the laws, you still obey. So, you know, I think in this period of time we're living in, the, 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 the balance that we all face in our lives is the balance between trusting God, but also not just living in complete naivety and just walking around, sneezing and shaking hands with everyone. So there is a balance, but I do believe that there is a line that we can cross between being uh using common sense and living in fear. Using common sense and, you know, and I don't mean this to be critical, there's a lot of people that won't gather for a spiritual event today, but they'll go out to a restaurant today. Well, I mean, you know, let let's let's keep the perspective here. But I, I want to share a few thoughts today. on... Uh, um Over the last couple of days, obviously, a lot of us probably have spent some time in prayer, or you should be spending time in prayer every day, but times like this kind of bring it to the surface. And there's been several verses the Lord has brought to my attention um, that I want to share with you today. But before we do that, a couple of things. If you're a part of Antioch West, um, this Tuesday night at 7 p.m., we're going to be doing a live uh, webinar broadcast. Uh, If you are on Antioch West, we'll send out an email link. Also, put it on our Facebook page that gives you the link to that, to be a part of that. Tuesday at 7, it's an opportunity for teaching, but also you'll be able to ask questions at the end. Um, You know, just because the world stopped doesn't mean Jesus stops, right? You know, we're still going to continue to walk. And then one other small logistical thing, if you're a part of Antioch West, we encourage you... You can still be a part of giving. You can still contribute your finances. And the easiest way to do that is through the Realm app uh, or the Realm website. You can go on there. If you don't have an account, it's very easy to set one up through the church. And you can still give uh, during this period of time. Um, So I encourage you to do that. Talk to your small group leader for those of you that are a small group and they can help you out uh, with that. But I want to read to you a couple scriptures today, and we'll just talk for a few minutes. And then after we're done, um, if you're at home today, uh, you can encourage yourself. uh, But if you're in a small group today, we can facilitate for a few moments and kind of digest this. But I want to read to you several passages of scripture. We don't have the ability to put it on the screen. So maybe you have a phone you can pull up real quick, or maybe you'll write these down. I encourage you to go back and read them later. I'm going to be using it out of the New King James version of the Bible. But Luke chapter 12, verse number 1, it reads this way. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And whatever you've spoken in the ear of, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more they can do. But I, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear whom after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And that word him the, uh, it's in uh, the word him is capitalized, meaning the Lord. It's amazing the power of fear. I think we've all experienced it to some level the last couple of days. My wife and I were in uh, Costco Wednesday. Was that to Wednesday? It was pure pandemonium. Uh, in there, it, 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 was, um, it was tangible. You could, you could really feel fear, it was like a tangible feeling in that place, the amount of panic. Then we made a uh, somewhat unwise decision, even though it was quite an experience. Then the next day, we decided to go to Walmart, (laughs) and that was even uh, nuttier. You thought Christmas and Thanksgiving and Black Friday all came together in one cataclysmic event, and I think we saw a guy walking out of Walmart with like 12 gallons of milk i'm not even sure what you do with 12 gallons of milk um people just the shells i took a picture on my phone because it was just so crazy we went by the uh the paper towel and toilet paper aisle and it was just completely barren and people were grabbing stuff and sheer just pure panic moan it's just panic and it's amazing what fear does to all of us and it's amazing uh what is insane about this and and, and I'm not in any way trying to, please, if you're, if you, if, don't take what I'm saying wrong, because I don't, I'm not in any way diminishing the severity of what we're dealing with. I know for a lot of people, especially those with underlying health conditions and those that are dealing with things uh, that, are, that are maybe elderly among us, this is a very serious thing. I, I'm not simply making light of that but what's amazing is that nobody here has ever seen the coronavirus. You can't see it. But yet we have no doubt believing it's there. We've never tangibly touched it. You might you can see it I guess under a microscope at a certain level of uh, a level of magnification but for 99.9% of us today if we Talked about the coronavirus, not one of us in here is going to argue, well, I don't believe it because I've never seen it. Huh? Okay, we've had a little technical difficulty. Just give us two minutes, we'll be right back live. So just hold there, don't go anywhere. We are back, sorry about that. We are obviously, as you can tell by behind me, we're in a remote location here uh, not in our normal setup, so we've had a few technical glitches. We're working through them um, today, um, so apologize here for some confusion and a little bit of difficulty uh, working through these. But um, your patience—I well, think on all—I think right now all of us need some patience with the chaos um, that we're dealing with. But I was making the statement before uh, we pause there for a moment that none of us have seen the coronavirus, but yet no, nobody here is arguing or doubting that it's a real thing. Nobody's ever, we haven't touched it. We haven't, we haven't seen it. We haven't smelled it. We haven't tasted it. We haven't actually seen the evidence of the coronavirus physically manifested, tangible, but no, we are changing our habits, we're changing our shopping habits, we're changing our work habits, we're changing our greeting habits, we're changing our gathering. Our world is being completely changed by something we cannot see. And the reason why we're doing is because we have been told, and there's truth to it, that this thing has the power to hurt our bodies. It has the power for some to, to maybe even... Uh, Kill them, And so we have taken that and we've changed. We're changing our habits. We're changing our daily lives for something we cannot see. But the Bible says, and we just read it, Luke chapter 12, the Bible says that we shouldn't fear the, the one, truly fear the one who can kill the body. But if you want to fear somebody, fear the one that can not only kill the body, but can destroy the soul in hell. What's amazing is we all will change our lives. We will stock up on toilet paper, bottled water, we won't go outside. I was in the... Last night, well, we, I stopped in to Potbelly's on Ritchie Highway um, about 8 o'clock and I was talking to the guy and I asked him, I said, has business been slow today? And he said, it's been absolutely dead all day. People, no, nobody coming in. It's Saturday, no one coming in. And he just was shaking his head. And he said, "I just, it's kind of just crazy. I can't get it. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not in any way... Please don't take me wrong here. I'm not in any way negating... The severity of the time we're living in. I'm not negating the severity of what we're trying to deal with. Um, Sister Nerea's in here. She's in our small group today. Where I'm at, she's the principal of a school here in our county. They've shut down for two weeks uh, to um, disinfect and clean. I mean, NBA, NFL, um, baseball. I mean, they've billions of dollars have been affected by changing these events i'm not in any way negating those things or saying that we shouldn't do those i'm simply saying it's amazing how quickly we will buy things because it affects our natural life but yet when things are truly about our spiritual life we don't think they're a big deal we talk about coronavirus and the potential getting sick the potential of having health issues all of a sudden now we're stockpiling purell but when it comes to the fact that you and I have our eternal souls that are going to spend somewhere in an eternity, we have a tendency to sort of put that off. And the idea is, well, I, I, can't, I can't see these things. I don't know they're there. I, I, you have to have faith. Well, you've got to have faith that the coronavirus is there. Because you know what? We say, well, it's not faith, it's fear. No, no, fear is just the other side of faith. Fear is faith. It's just fear. What you're going to believe in. Are you going to believe? And so the point I'm trying to make in all this and, and what I want to share with you today for a few moments is, is that I'm not simply saying we just go crazy and, 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 oh, this is not a big deal. I, we, I said it earlier in the beginning of this broadcast. We were talking in the beginning. We walk by faith and not by sight, but we don't walk with our eyes closed. Same way when you get in your car, you put on your seatbelt. I'm not saying we shouldn't be cautious. We shouldn't do things. We shouldn't be smart about what we're doing. That's not the point I'm making. I'm just simply saying the fact that if we're going to live our lives where we will be dictated by things we cannot see and have no problem believing that they're there, then shouldn't we take that same thought process into our spiritual life and things we cannot see? Have we seen hell? No. Have we seen heaven? No. But that doesn't mean they're not there and we believe that they're there and we should then therefore change the habits. We are changing the habits of our life based off the conditions we're living in. If we do that in our natural world, do you think God gives us a pass in our spiritual world? Do you think when we stand before God and he says, yeah, but what about when the coronavirus came, you were willing to shut it all out? You were willing, oh, I'm so busy, I can't do this, or I'm, I've got life going on. Well, of suddenly now, no one's, everyone's got free time. No one's too busy well, you know, I can't put, you know, I'm, I can't really fit God in my life. I've got so much stuff going on. But suddenly now with the coronavirus, everybody's taking life and changing them not even thinking about it. People are losing money on travel, people are losing money on events that they had planned ye- months, if not years ago. And right now they're canceling all of it and, and not even doing it with hesitation because they don't want to be involved and get sick. And, that's, and, and again, I'm not saying any of that's wrong. I'm saying it's Probably the prudent thing to do. All I'm saying is, it's amazing how quickly we react, we react to natural things, but yet with spiritual things, we just... No big deal. You know, I'll, I'll pray tomorrow. I'll deal with this tomorrow. I'll, I'll, get, my, I'll get myself before the Lord tomorrow. I'll, I'll deal with my heart tomorrow. I'll wash my hands today 1,400 times to make sure I get no coronavirus on me. But yet I'll never stop one time and say, God, if there's any sin in my heart today, I pray in the name of Jesus by your blood, you would wash me and cleanse me and forgive me that I can stand right and whole and righteous before you. That seems a little crazy. That says, well, you're being a little extreme there. Is God really that hard? But yet I'll wash my hands or I'll carry around Purell and make sure I'm always disinfected. That seems normal. But asking God to walk in him every day seems extreme do you see the lie that the devil how 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 brilliant the adversary is and again this has nothing to do with coronavirus it's the coronavirus today it was it's this tomorrow it's it's you know y2k it's there's always going to be something obviously we've none of us have ever lived through anything quite to this extreme where the world is shutting down but still if we think this is the first time or the last time we're going to deal with this, come on, let's be honest. It's going to continue some way, somehow. So the point I'm trying to make to you is to get you to think beyond just where we're at in this virus, because, Hey, it's severe right now. We're all kind of hunkered in. You're at home. You're, you know, we're cautious about venturing out. We're doing all the things, social distancing, um, And all the things that we're trying to do to prevent this virus. But you know what? Three months, four months, five months, however long it's going to be. Guess what? It's going to pass. Things are going to go back to normal. Stadiums are going to fill back up with people. Your life's going to go back to the way it was. Walmart's going to reopen. Costco's lines are going to be gone. We're all going to be normal, and guess what? We'll all slip back into our life, and we'll just look at this, for a lot of us, as just simply a big inconvenience. But yet, every day, we all live with the real possibility in our lives of the chance that you and I have got to face God. So my challenge to you is, in this time where you, we are so quick to change and adapt in our spiritual and our natural world, and don't even think anything of it. Not one person in Costco. That I mean, they were there was like a line, and everybody. My wife pointed out we were sitting there, and we were we were sitting there and they, at the uh, front of Costco. They, um, they they sell pizza, and when you have kids, it's very cheap, so it's a good place to go get dinner. You, everybody you, you can feed a whole family of thirteen for like six bucks. So I'm, I'm encouraging if you need to go somewhere cheap, Costco is your place. So and the Pizzas are like, like a slice is like this big. It's awesome. So like for a family of five, we eat for like $2. Uh, not quite that big, but it's free refills. I'm not a Costco. I don't have Costco stock, so I'm not selling Costco. But I mean, big pieces, free refills. So we obviously took advantage of the fact we were in Costco and we were eating. And we were sitting there eating and my, the lines were everywhere. And my wife looked, she said, look, every one of these people, has got toilet paper. Literally, every one of them had toilet paper. And, and what's funny is and, is, and I think all of us have stopped and gone, what is the deal with the toilet paper? I mean, I think all of us have asked that question. And if you're someone who has stockpiled toilet paper, do not tell anybody, because if it ever gets bad, we are coming to your house for TP. Um, but the point I'm making is, if I walked up to one of those, one of those people in that line... I mean, I mean, that had two giant packs of toilet paper. If I walked up to them to, in that line, I said, you know what? Don't you think it's a little crazier buying all this toilet paper? More than likely, they'd have gone, no. Not a big deal at all. I need this. I don't know what I'm going to be facing. We don't know what's going to happen. They would have thought that is crazy. Nobody in that Costco that day thought what they were doing was crazy. Every one of them thought what they were doing made rational, reasonable sense. Where they were buying they were buying toilet paper by the by the crates, they were buying bottled water, they were stacking up. I mean Walmart, it was insane. And it wasn't like you were buying one or two things. My man in front of me had a fishing net. I guess he realized if it ever got too bad, he's going to the water. I guess fish don't have the coronavirus. This is the insanity of the moment we were living in. And everybody had something. But if I walked up to anybody in Walmart or Costco or anywhere else you've shopped, whether it's Safeway, Giant, Food Lion, Aldi, wherever you've been lately to stock up on your pile to to last this period of time. If you walked up to someone on the aisle and asked them what are they doing, not one of them would think anything of the craziness of the moment. We all have understood and, and, and have Adjusted our behavior to match the moment, and I'm not saying any of that's wrong. The only thing I'm a- only thing I'm asking you to consider for you wherever you are today, and for those of you in this room to consider is 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 it truly is, is, it, is it is it is it a lie or is it truth that we will react so quickly to a natural event, but yet to spiritual things we are so hesitant and so uh, 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 um, just. We're we, dismissive of spiritual things, but yet natural things, we buy them in a moment. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, if you didn't read it in the beginning, go back and read Luke chapter 12, verses four and five. He said, if you're going to fear someone, don't fear the thing that kills your body. Feel that, fear that thing that can kill both body and soul. If you're battling with fear today over coronavirus, more than likely, if the Lord doesn't help you, Three months from now, that will subside. You'll be back in your normal world. But what's amazing is, really, when all that subsides, you should have a healthy fear for the one that can take body and soul. If you don't think it's if if you have ch- if anybody and I would say now probably it, it, this affects everybody. So I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be. Uh, uh, cautious and and just use a number. But 90% of us in this room, and 90% of you watching today, have adjusted your behavior to some degree. You've adjusted where you're going. Some of you are home today for a reason because you don't want to be out, because you don't want to expose yourself. Every one of us has adjusted our behavior because of this virus. And not one of us has thought anything of it. Well, that's what I should do. Government says social distancing, do it. Government says we shouldn't gather together in large groups, let's not do it. You know, doctors say don't shake hands, elbow bump, now we just wave. Can't elbow bump at six feet, you got to wave. We all do that. No problem. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm not talking about the legitimacy of that. First of all, I'm not a medical person. I can't speak on that. But you know what? I'm not shaking anybody's hand in here today. We fist we we elbow bumped. And I've got six feet separation. I've got a perfect corona-free bubble right here. The point I'm making to you is, is that we're doing all these things without hesitation. But if a if if we read the Word of God, if we read things about the Word of God that tells us certain things, we go, ah, uh, not that big of a deal. Uh does God really expect do you think God really uh God e, uh, e, uh you see the balance that has taken place in our lives, the sort of the sort of imbalance that's taken place in all of us? If we're gonna take this same tactic naturally, which I think we all have some degree of responsibility to do it. But if we're gonna take this tactic naturally, then all I'm asking you, for you today, wherever you are, those of you in this room and those of you, whether you're in a small group today or you're watching us at home or you're watching us wherever you are across the country, all I'm asking you is if you're willing to take the same same action naturally to protect yourself, from something that can harm your body, then I'm just asking you to consider what action do you need to take in your life spiritually to walk with Him who can kill both body and soul. If you're willing to wash your hands to make sure that you have nothing on you, when's the last time you've washed your heart with the blood of Jesus? If you're willing to, if you're willing to carry around Purell to make sure that you always have a barrier of protection. If you're willing to, I mean, right now, you could go out right now with a mask on and not one person going to go, well, that's weird. Everyone's going to go, where can I get one of those? Yesterday, I, we were at Lowe's. Um, was it, no, Friday, we were at Lowe's and I had to take something back that I ordered and I was standing in the takeout line and it was a lady there, she was bringing back She had, it was like five packages of masks. She was bringing them back. She was returning, like, I don't know how many she returned. Well, it was funny, as she was returning them, the person behind the desk got a call, and the person at the other line must have been asking, do you have any masks? And she said, I was picking up on the conversation by her response, she said, we actually have three packages right now behind the desk. And the person must have asked, could you put my name on it? And her response was, I will put your name on it and hold it until you get here. I guarantee you that person jumped in their car and was absolutely tearing it to get the lows to get their mask. They're going to put it on and walk around. And then the woman was there. She actually had a cart full. She didn't have the paper mask. She had the straight up biomass that you get when you're spray painting. I mean the ones with like the filters she was serious, but you know what? You walk out today and that not one person is going to take you and think you're nutty. But if we stop and say, "Lord, I love you, you're so good. I give you praise and glory and honor. People are like, "Well, isn't that' kind of weird you're praying to something you can't see, you're praying to something you can't- you can't." Whoa, 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 you're taking precautions on something you've never seen. So allow me to pray to something that I can't see. Because you know what? What you're afraid of can only kill your body. But what I'm connected to can not only kill my body, but it can save my soul. See the lie that the devil has used against us? He's told us, you know, all this stuff is so weird. Why why, why, Why go to these extremes? But yet when it comes to our natural world, we don't think anything of it. Don't think of it. You know, I'll read one more scripture here. This comes from Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. It's an end of a long series. This is talking about uh, Matthew five, six and seven. That's the uh, f- famous uh, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talks through all kinds of different principles starting with the Beatitudes and goes through a bunch of different principles in Scripture. And Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24, is sort of the uh, the, the ending of all this as he kind of is moving through. Matthew 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man. Everybody say wise man. They said it, now you say it. Wise man. I can't hear you. I'm assuming you're saying it. Can't hear you. But wise man. So we, he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, so you hear and you do, you're in the wise man box. And he says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descends and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them not will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand, the rain descend, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Now let's look at these really quickly for a moment and you look at these in your own life for everyone in this room, for those of you who are watching, look at the comparison here, okay? Both heard the word. It wasn't the fact they didn't hear the word. Both heard the word. Both built houses. What was the difference between the houses? We said it was built upon the rock and built upon the sand. That wasn't the difference between the two houses. The difference was both heard, but one did, one did not. Whoever hears these sayings of mine... And does them, your house is built on the rock. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, your house is built on the sand. How do I know what my house is built on? How do you know today what house your house is built on? The Bible tells us, how do we know? Guess what? The rain descended, the floods came. Now go back and read both of these together because the same exact events happened. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. One fell, one didn't. So let's just add this in here. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, the coronavirus came, and it beat upon the house. That wasn't in there, but I just threw it in there. That was uh, the new version. The newest new version of the Bible. So, both of them experienced the same circumstances. But the circumstances revealed what was going on the inside. Do you know what really this... Virus is doing to a lot of us. The virus is not causing, it's really revealing. Right. Now, I'm not saying, please, I know I can hear your argument right now. I can see you screaming at your TV. That's not right. I'm not saying that shouldn't be cautious. We shouldn't have certain levels of common sense. Right. Granted, if if your someone sneezes into their hand don't shake their hand i get it please i understand this context the medical context so this is not in the context of that so this virus is truly affecting the way we live rightfully so we should be cautious obviously today as you can look behind me we are doing things differently today. We're meeting in homes. Some of you aren't even meeting. You're at your own home. I'm not even. I'm here. I've got six feet. My wife and I hugged today. I hugged, sent it to her. She hugged me back in the air. We were six feet apart. So obviously, we are doing things that are different, and rightfully so. But really, this virus is not causing things for most of us that's revealing. Because can I be... Can I challenge you today without beating you up? Can I just challenge? Would you be willing to be challenged today? If you're living with overwhelming fear, the virus did not cause the fear. The virus has only revealed the fear that's in you already. If you're living with worry and doubt today, the virus is not to blame. You have underlying fear and worry already. The virus is just bringing it to the surface. You say, well, that's not true. I didn't have any fear before this. Yeah, you did. You just didn't have anything that built it to the surface. Because when there was no flood, there was no rain, there was no wind, both houses looked the same. The rain did not cause that guy to lose his foundation. The rain, the wind, and the flood only revealed that there was no foundation. We cannot blame the coronavirus for fear, worry, and doubt. The coronavirus is only revealing that we don't have the right foundation in our life. Am I cautious? Yes. Am I fearful? No. Again, the same way when I get in my car, I put on my seatbelt. Is that fear? No. But it is common sense. Again, I'm not negating anything we're doing. Please, this is not an anti- governmental stance i'm not saying this is you know we are doing our best to follow the guidelines put out there to be smart we've even asked some of you today purposely we knew that you had situation we asked you to stay home we're doing all that the point i'm simply trying to make is the foundation your house is built upon will be revealed in these periods of times and guess what The guy that built on the sand, when the rain started coming, he didn't have time to go, oh, hurry, let's go get the foundation built. It was too late. That's why I read earlier, what's done in the darkness will be revealed in the light. This is the time when you find out who really walks with Jesus. Because the people that start walking with Jesus right now, they don't do it the same as those who have been walking with Jesus in the mountains and the valleys. We know, we trust him, we walk by faith. So the point I'm just trying to make is today is what was the difference between the two? Both heard the word. You're hearing the word today. Those of you that are hearing the word today, we're all hearing the word. So it's not hearing the word that's the problem. The question is, what do you do after you hear the word? Because Jesus said the difference between the wise and the foolish both heard the word, but the wise did the word, the foolish did not do the word, and therefore... One was built on the rock, one was built on the sand. And guess what? Floods are going to come, rain's going to come, winds are going to come, Viruses are going to come. You think this is the last virus we're going to deal with? Come on. If you think this is the last difficulty and, and, and not to diminish the coronavirus, but what happens when, when, when we face, uh, go back and read, if you think this is bad, go back and read your history books. 1918, the Spanish flu, 650,000 people were killed in this country. Let that happen. You think this is bad? Wait till something like that happens. Well, that's never going to happen. If you believe that, you are living under a bridge, my friend. I'm simply saying these times are not times for us to just hunker in. Because you know what's so sad? A lot of us, this is not, you can pull back socially, but a lot of people, when they pull back socially, they pull back from God the same way. Because you know what? They only look at God through their social connections. Well, I'm not coming to church today, which it's impossible to come to church. We're supposed to be the church. Hello, somebody. I can't hear you say amen, but at least say amen to your TV today. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can't go to something you're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the church. We can't go to church. So the point of the the matter is, is in, in this period of time, uh, um, A lot of us, our relationship with God is only through our church. So when you take away that, guess what? A lot of you, you'll disconnect completely. But the bottom line is this. We're supposed to walk with him every day. We walk with him, we listen, and we do his word. Therefore, when we face times like this, I may lose the connection every week with my church family, but I don't lose connection with my God. And thankfully, with technology, we're able to do this. But the point of the matter is this. If we're going to change what we do to make sure that we're not affected by the coronavirus, can we just at least all look at ourselves today and what are the spiritual things in our life that if we're willing to make natural changes, is there anything in your life right now that you're willing to make spiritual changes? Or are you just going to hunker down in your world right now, wait for this to pass, and go back? What does the Bible say? When they cry, peace and safety then sudden destruction will fall upon them. There'll be a time when the government will come out and say, all is well. When, when our president will come out and say, all is well. When the governor will come out and say, all is well. When the schools will reopen, the malls will fill back up, stadiums will fill back up. Everybody says, coronavirus is over. We're all back to normal. There will be a time when they say peace and safety. But you know what's funny? Even though we're living with natural peace and safety, what about your spiritual Peace and safety. When's the last time you've taken some spiritual Purell by the blood of Jesus Christ and washed it over your heart? When's the last time you've looked at some things and instead of worrying about social distancing, what about some sin distancing? We have no problem social distancing. Some of you home right now. I can't go out. They told me six feet. Fine. When's the last time you looked at sin and go, you know what? I need to distance myself. I'm willing to distance myself from humans. When's the last time I've distanced myself from Carnality from sin. Woo! I can't hear you, but I can feel it. Bottom line, when's that? We have no problem removing ourselves from our natural world. We have all kinds of excuses of why we can't distance ourselves from the spiritual world. I read the other day that movie theaters are empty, malls are empty. Restaurants are emptying out. In France yesterday, they closed restaurants and movie theaters and all that. People, you know what they did? Sure, we won't do it. We won't go. But you know what's amazing? When have any of us stopped and said, God, what are things in my life that I need to distance myself from? I'm not in any way trying to diminish what we're going through. I think it's a very serious time and we have, as Antioch West, we've tried to take necessary precautions. All I'm simply saying is, in God's eyes, we are taking some drastic measures to change our lives based off a virus we cannot see, but yet we all have excuses to justify changing our lives for spiritual things because we say, well, I can't see them. I just pray today... That you would look at yourself in the mirror of his word and say, God, if I'm willing to go to these extremes to change my world naturally, then God, what is in my life that I need to take the same course of action for spiritually? If you do that, you will not only survive this coronavirus, but when you come out, you will only be healthy naturally, but you'll be spiritually healthy. Because how many of you, and I'm not beating you up, how many of you today, when you found out, boy, we won't be coming together in a church, you're like, yes, the day off. I'm not saying that to beat you up. I'm just simply saying to look, hey, we got to get our priorities straight. We got to get the reality of it. So as today, I'm just asking you, I'm done. we just asking you, just take a moment. And look at yourself through the lens of the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. Go back and read Luke chapter 12. Actually, if you have time, I would encourage you to go back and read Luke chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. And go down and read verse 22 about living with fear and anxiety and worry. And Jesus said that the symptom of fear and anxiety and worry, the source of all that, is at the end of the, the, the thought, verse 34, he says, Here's this, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You know how you stop fear and worry? Get your heart in the right spot. Do you know how you survive the coronavirus or any other thing we're going to deal with? Whether it's financial, the stock market crash, sickness, disease, famine, pestilence, all the stuff that the Bible promises will happen. Do you know how you survive that? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Get your heart right. There's no virus, there's no famine, there's no sickness, no pestilence, there's no plague, there's no war that can stop. If your heart's in the right spot. So instead of just changing our natural habits, why don't you let God change your heart habits today? All the way down in your heart today. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for joining today. I encourage you to do whatever you can to continue to walk in faith. And if you're a part of Antioch West, please stay connected with us. We give more information about adjustments that we may need to make. But we will be joining back together again live Tuesday evening with our webinar. So you want to join us, we'll send the link out on Facebook and email. God bless you. But just chew on this word, meditate on this word. And I pray in Jesus' name that every person watching watching today will be covered by the blood of Jesus, for we are truly children of God, called by his name, and we walk by faith. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Let's walk in him and be and continue to be disciples of Jesus Christ. God bless you.